Before we get back to the show, I just want to say how much we have loved bringing you shows like Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches or the new Earth Rangers Underground podcast, and especially the new episodes in the Six Minutes feed, the ones about the Cyrus Lost Tapes. And this is when I need to say a big thank you to all our GZM subscribers. Your support makes independent audio like this possible. If you're not a GZM subscriber yet, right now is the time to join for ad-free listening, early access, and more. Show your support and learn more at gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Help us bring you more great shows by becoming a subscriber today. And thank you. Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspi. And my name is Jonathan Messenger. You know me as one of the co-hosts of the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspi. And with me, as always, is my boon companion, Bebop. Say hi to everybody, Bebop. Bebop? With me, as always, is my co-host, Bebop, Robobogo Wanatron. Bebop, say hi to everybody. All right, let's try this again. Bebop, come on out and say hello to the people. Bebop? All right, uh, take, I don't know, what is this, four? Say hi to everybody, Bebop. Welcome, Bebop. Go ahead, Bebop. Right about now. Come on. Here we go, Bebop. Right now. Let's go. Say hi. Bebop! Bebop, where are you? All right. Well, it looks as though my good friend Bebop is not going to come out and play today. I don't know what that's about. Maybe he still is holding some grudges against me for some reason. I don't really know. I guess we're just going to have to get on with the show. If you remember what happened in the last episode, the explorers had gone down into the center of the moon to try to get Vale up out of the moon worm. And when they got back up, Juliana was there, but the Shakespeare kids were gone. And she told them they're taking over the Marlow. So let's see what happens in the all new episode of the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian Unplanned Planet. Finn turned around. It was Juliana, the last one left. They took both your pods up to the Marlow, she said. They didn't think you would make it out of there, and I guess even if you did, they knew you would be occupied long enough so they could execute their final plan. And what's their final plan? said Finn. To take over the Marlow, said Juliana. And so why are you still here? said Finn. To make sure you can't stop them. Finn was stunned. They were all stunned. Even though Elias, Bale, and Abigail didn't know Juliana well, they all expected her to be on their side. I don't understand, said Finn. You want the Shakespeare kids to take over the Marlow? Yes, said Juliana. She stared up into the sky like she was watching the Shakespeare kids land in the Marlowe docking bay. This, this isn't you, said Finn. The Juliana I know would never betray us. The Juliana you knew is gone, said Juliana, and she spread her wings to emphasize just how much she has changed. 
I don't know, said Abigail. I say once a bunce, always a bunce. Your dad tried to take over the Marlowe like 150 times. Seems like you're just keeping up with the family business. Believe whatever you like, said Juliana, who seemed bored and unaffected by Abigail's insult. Finn stepped away with Foggy. Okay, so I know you're not a rocket ship, said Finn, but do you think you have enough power to get us off of this moon and back to the Marlowe? I don't know, Finn, said Foggy. If I did, I would swoop you all up and go right now. But it takes so much energy just to leave the atmosphere, even of a moon like this. There's a slight chance I could do it. But if I failed, we would all come crashing back down. That doesn't sound fun, said Finn. There's no point, said Juliana. I already know how this goes. Did you forget about my time traveling? I've seen how it all plays out. You don't get up there in time. In time for what, exactly? said Finn. Juliana shrugged and turned her back on them. Finn looked at his friends. It was clear no one had any answers. Well, except Vale. What if that moonworm can fly? he said. Maybe we can all hop on that moonworm and fly it up to the Marlow. Oh man, how epic would that be? Flying a moonworm through space? We'd fly it up to the Marlow and, like, pass it by the Marlow windows and yell out, What's up, suckers? We're riding a moonworm! Woo! There was a long silence. Vale, said Elias. It's called a moonworm. That means it's a worm that lives underground, on a moon. Why am I even explaining this to you? Ugh. It was Cymbeline. The explorers had all forgotten about her. She was lying on the ground, but now was rolling over and pushing herself up to her knees. Yay, I'm alive, she said, and I'm with you guys. Yay. You should be thanking us, said Abigail. We saved your life. Oh, thank you, she said. I thought being swallowed by a giant disgusting worm was a nightmare, but being stranded with the Marlowe School for Boring Children... This is truly my nightmare. Finn could tell, though, that Cymbeline's heart wasn't in the insults. She was looking around for her friends, and there was only Juliana. They're gone, said Finn. While we were down there saving you and Vale, they took off. They left you in the belly of a moonworm. Cymbeline stood up and sighed. I'm not surprised. She looked at Finn, who was obviously surprised. What? she said. We're the bad guys. When have you ever seen bad guys who are all lovey-dovey and best friends and trying to help each other out? And yeah, of course I know we are the bad guys. Claudius, Hamlet, you think I can't tell they're evil? They're always cheating and talking about taking over the universe and stuff. That's not exactly hero behavior. Does that mean you want to not be a villain? Said Elias. Sure, why not, she said. I had some time to think while I was being digested by a giant worm, and maybe the villain life just isn't one for me. She looked over at Juliana. So what are we going to do, Jules? Don't ask her, said Abigail. She's one of them. She's keeping us here. Cymbeline laughed. <laughs> if you think Juliana is on the Shakespeare side... Then you all are even more clueless than I thought, she said. 
She's been sabotaging us since she arrived. Yeah, but look what you did to her, said Finn. <laughs> you think we could have done that if she didn't let us? She said. Claudius is a joke. The best way to get someone like Claudius to do what you want is to make them think it's their idea. Juliana turned back toward the group and smiled. Am I that obvious? She said. Wait, I, I don't get it, said Finn. He was obviously happy that Juliana hadn't turned against them, but confused by what it all meant. Then why were you acting like that? Why not just tell us you're on our side right when we came up from the worm? Because, said Cymbeline, if you weren't angry at her, you wouldn't have looked to me to team up with. And now that we're all BFFs, Juliana can tell you the truth that this was her plan all along. Am I the only one who has been paying attention here? Juliana smiled. Okay, now that we're all on the same page, she said, can we go save the Marlow again for like the 153rd time? Finn laughed. All right, I don't know what's going on here, but let's go. The kids hung on to Juliana and Foggy, who together had enough strength to get them off the moon, and they began soaring toward the Marlow. At first, it looked like a purple star in the vast blackness of space, just like it always did. But as they got closer, the light seemed to dim, and Finn thought it looked strange. Hey, guys. Does the Marlow look different to you? He said as they approached. Yeah, said Abigail. It's weird. It looks, I don't know how to describe it. Less smooth? Less perfect? She was right. The Marlow, which was usually a sleek and smooth sphere made of steel and glass, looked bumpy and oddly shaped. As they got closer, it seemed to keep changing right in front of their eyes. By the time they'd gone close up, the Marla was unrecognizable. Gone were its porthole windows and steel plates and pod bays. Instead, there were trees sprouting and a river coursing across the surface. The explorers landed on the ground. What is this? said Finn. It's like they turned the Marla into a planet, said Elias. Abigail turned to Cymbeline and Juliana. Was this the plan, she said? How did they even do this? I have no idea, said Cymbeline and Juliana at the same time. Welcome! They heard a voice, and strolling out from behind a strange tree that had sprung out of the Marlow was Hamlet. Welcome, welcome, welcome! Here is where we will play the final galactic game. Hamlet beamed. Here, on my home planet Marlow, ruled over by the mighty, the beautiful, the benevolent King Hamlet! <laughs> All right, so what is going on here? What has happened to the Marlow? Somehow, some way, the Shakespeare kids have transformed the Marlow. Marlow is no longer a space station. It's now a planet. It's kind of like how Saffrite was a planet, but also an alien. The Marlow was a space station, and now it's a planet. I don't know what's going on. Up is down. Left is right. Who knows what's going on? 
We're going to have to find out in the next episode of the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next week. of Fincast Music, Gen Z Kids Production, written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Emerson Messenger is our intern. The music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the multiverse. For more great shows like this one, made by me and my partners, go to gzmshows.com. That's Gen Z Media, gzmshows.com. All of our shows are there. You can find them million great podcasts for you and your family thank you so much for sending in your art your ideas your sounds everything love it so much and we will be featuring all that stuff very very soon thank you so much and we will see you next week shh don't worry i'm here hi it's me jess this is a message for all the six minutes podcast fans out there have you heard There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history.